What's next? This is a question we're all having to ask and answer more frequently. I'm Jenny Blake, your host of the Pivot Podcast and author of Pivot, The Only Move That Matters is Your Next One. For show notes from this episode, visit pivotmethod.com slash podcast. If change is the only constant, then let's get better at it. Here we go. Hi, friends. Long time no talk. I am so excited to be gearing up the Pivot Podcast again. I ended up taking a summer hiatus that I have to say I didn't exactly plan for. It just kind of happened. Those of you who read my weekly-ish Pivot List newsletter saw my most recent mailing where I talked about dropping schedule shoulds and my mantra as a solopreneur, which is that I'm really in this for the long game. And sometimes that means forsaking consistency for sanity. In my case, I set up my first website in 2005, my my first blog post in 2007. So this has been over 10 years of running various forms of output in my online media, whether that's blog posts, social media, podcasts, the book, emails, all of it adds up. And What I'm finding is that sometimes in a post-pivot stage like me, even now a year out from the book launch, that my business requires me to go a little bit slower than I do. I I tend to go now rather than, than seeing it as just one long marathon, I go in sprints and periods of recharging and recovery. And I find that that works best for me. So thank you for your patience as I took a slight podcast hiatus, and I'm really, really excited about the fall lineup. Today's episode is a special one. My friend Carrie Lowe came over and turned the microphone tables over to me and my guy, Michelle Carsuni, to interview us for a podcast that she helps produce called Artist CEO. And uh, funny enough, I haven't mentioned Michelle before on this show. We met over a year ago in June of 2016, walking down a New York City street in opposite directions. How about that on the magic of serendipity? He and his friend were looking for a pair of overalls. He's a painter. And uh, they didn't know they were looking for a girl in overalls because there I was walking down the street. And right as he passed me, he mouthed the words, nice overalls. And as I turned and said, thank you so much, his friend turned back, where did you get them? And next thing I know, we're talking on the street. I was 25 feet from my house. So there wasn't a lot of time to make this meeting happen. But We've been very close ever since, and now we live together in a studio apartment in Nolita. So this podcast really gets into things like routine, the creative process. Michelle is a painter, and he ran a design business for seven years before deciding to fold that to focus full-time on painting. He also has a background doing voiceover work. So if you any of you heard the Jeff Goins podcast, um, Michelle's the one who recorded the, the intro and the outro about Delegation Ninja. So that's just a fun little Easter egg that we decided to put in the podcast. But we're going to talk about his experience of moving to the States. He speaks four languages, um, our similarities as far as the creative process and our philosophy of artist as CEO and our differences, how we manage him being being a Myers-Briggs P and me being a Myers-Briggs J, so very structured, whereas he's more go with the flow. He's a complete night owl. I'm a morning person. And we talk about the blessing and the curse of burnout, 
how to listen to your body's intelligence and simplifying when you find that you're doing too many things in parallel. I hope you really enjoy this conversation as much as we had fun recording it. And before we jump in, the last thing I'll say is that Pivot comes out in paperback on September 19th. So if you don't yet have your copy, now's the time. Head over to pivotmethod.com to order from any online retailer and in any bookstore near you. And then if you go to pivotmethod.com slash toolkit, there are a ton of free tools and templates that support the book. All right, without further ado, I can't wait to dive into today's episode, and I'm so excited that you all get to meet my love, Michelle Carswini. Enjoy this episode, and thank you again for being here, for listening, and for your support of Pivot. It truly means the world to me. We are here just having a conversation about business and art with two people who know a lot about it. But first, I actually would love to get into this burnout question because that's what's been coming up for Shannon lately and also for me. I feel like I experienced burnout for the first time when I was working on the episode that just came out today. And it was the first time where I like couldn't work. I wanted to, but I had like migraines and I just was out. So I know that you've had experience with that. Um, Jenny, and I'd love to hear a little bit about it. Yeah, I feel like, especially for creatives, burnout comes from a good place. We want to work. We're passionate about our work. We, we can get in a real cycle of, of giving it so much diligent focus and attention. And then before we had started recording, we were talking about our body's intelligence. And it's so interesting when even our mind wants to work or think it wants to work or thinks that it should work. And the body says, no, thank you. No, I'm actually not in that mode right now. And part of, I think, and Michelle and I talk about this a lot, but the, the challenge of being an artist and not having typical structures, it's the blessing and the curse. But um, so the blessing is you get to set your own schedule and do your work whenever you feel like it. And then the flip side is knowing how to really listen to your body and tune into that body intelligence and that wisdom and take a break when needed. And so for me, I spent three years working on Pivot, my book that came out in September. And I thought, okay, for sure, I'll need a a couple weeks to recover after that. That's a big push and a couple weeks blocked off my calendar. Sure enough, three months later, I was still feeling completely wiped out, completely spent and went on a silent meditation retreat at the beginning of the year over New Year's. And I said, okay, well, when I get back, it's January, it's time to get back on the horse get back to it. And nope, didn't that energy still was not there. And I realized that oftentimes, one, it's hard to see burnout coming or just even if if we didn't even call it burnout and just the need to rest and recharge and retreat. And then it often lasts much longer than the mind would think is necessary. But I do believe and I know Michelle thinks this way too, that that our body's not wrong and it's not out to get us that if we just give it the rest and the space that it needs, it will naturally bounce back when it's ready. Mm-hmm. I think one thing I learned about burnout is uh, to prioritize is the most important thing you can do. I really used to think that I had to do a million things so I could, you know, keep going and, and working in parallel, doing too many things in parallel was my main MO. I can, you know, uh, tackle all of these, um, all of these challenges in different fields because you know, I used to be in design, um, voiceovers and uh, art at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, 
they were going to help one another somehow. Um, but uh, taking a step back, taking a breather, and doing one thing at a time just uh, helps your body, helps your mind, and gives you a lot of epiphanies that you wouldn't, you wouldn't see coming. Yeah, totally. It's interesting because this is the question of the podcast. It's like, okay, can you be an artist? Can you be a CEO? Mm -hmm. Can you do it at the same time? And I don't think that we have an answer to that. Um, so it seems like part of what, what you've come to is like, I need to focus more on just one thing. Yeah. But also there's this question of, well, is it possible to integrate two things so that they feel like one? Mm -hmm. Is that something that you're interested in? So uh, not necessarily in my practice, but if you look at other artists like uh, even Jeff Koons uh, includes his business as part of his art. Mm. So there, there are a million ways to have it work to, in tandem or together or have it be the subject of your work, you know, business as art. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, I look for freedom so I can, you know, I can have more time and space to ponder on what I'm working on, to develop my own thing. So the idea of CEO is just having a, your own company as uh, to run your art, but be able to bounce back and forth. And um, I separate them quite clearly. Mm. I think, too, so much of being an artist and, and being a, an effective artist CEO is allowing for space as part of that equation, that in order to be effective as a CEO, and particularly as an artist, sure. space, rest, contemplation time is required. And we will spend often several hours reading every morning. And on one level, or maybe in our, our past live, like 10 years ago, that might have been, seemed really indulgent and, mm -hmm. quote, a waste of time. Mm -hmm. And now it's just fundamental to starting the day and and raising our vibrations of the day sure. and getting our getting new thoughts sparked and so part of artist seo for me is redefining what it means to run a business effectively it doesn't have to mean i really think it's we're long overdue to challenge the conventions of traditional business especially in the factory model of five day work weeks eight hour days says who like mm -hmm. in one, what planet mm -hmm. is that what's best for our body and if you're an artist, a CEO who doesn't have 100 employees or who doesn't want to delegate the actual making of the art like Jeff Koons, then your body is your business. And mm -hmm. your body and mind and wellness and peace of mind is fundamental to creativity. And then, of course, there are going to be sprints mm -hmm. where you just know, like when he was preparing for open studios, he just he's like, I'm barely going to see you this week, yeah. <laughs> you know, comes in. 5 a.m. instead of 5 p.m. nap power naps and and I think as long as you know okay the sprint is here mm -hmm. I know what it's about and I'm going to build in time on the backside that's how we can throttle a, a, a more diverse um, like work pattern or or mm -hmm. vibration than what you might find in a traditional office environment. Yeah, there's definitely an ebb and flow that that needs to happen and. Um... Yeah, reading every day in the morning, taking the time, meditating, mm -hmm. uh, just it, it bu builds you up so you can crash, right? It's be like water, the whole Bruce Lee thing. You can just, you know, be still, be calm and, and uh, gain all of this wisdom from, from, from stillness. Mm -hmm. And then once the time is here to, to, to crash, to, to be there, to either build your art or build your business, um, this balance is... is it is so much more strategic. Crucial. Yes. Yeah, it's like the 
Mm. I, I think um, with no planning, though, exactly. there's this, this per, per inner wisdom that just gets you to either you know cram and, and crush it, right? Totally. Make things happen. <laughs> totally. Um, and then the action that you do take is so targeted and specific mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, purposeful. Yeah. So it's very Bruce Lee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. More time. I mean, more more output, less effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More water, less planning. More. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know the way flow. of the flow, yeah. The intercepting fist, whatever comes in front of you, you you figure out. Uh, we've been talking about planning a lot lately because um, Jenny plans her calendar quite uh, rigorously, and I have these you know key elements in my month or in my week, and then I navigate around that depending on how my energy flows and you know whether I'm doing business or I'm doing art. So, what's your take on that? Well, I was just gonna say. I think the reason I schedule so much <laughs> is so that when there's, I, for example, I'll schedule a week of calls and podcasts and meetings mm. so that the following two weeks, I don't have anything on the calendar. And so I just kind of pulse in that way. Yeah. And I do create space for myself to be free, but it's just in different blocks. Right. Yeah. And the nature of my work is more interpersonal sometimes than yours has to be as as the artist for sure (laughs) Um, so i probably straddle more of the but the thing is i really enjoy business i love business Mm -hmm. building i love the systems i love the tools and figuring out how things work there was one more thing i wanted to say on burnout at least which is when you feel yourself as you mentioned carrie reaching that point it's such a good time especially when your body gives you signals like hey Slow down. I'm still here. Like the, what you're doing is not going to keep working, keep working, moving forward. It's hard to hear it. It's hard to yeah, hear it. Listening yeah. is, is already such a good thing. And then I believe that it's either one of two things. It's either that the work you're working on, it's kind of ready for a shift or you don't, mm-hmm. it's not the right balance of activities, or maybe you're just, it's a signal that I'm kind of done with this mm-hmm. thing that was working for me, but mm-hmm. I don't want any more. Mm-hmm. Or it's that, no, I love all of these projects and I really just need to create more space or delegate or create more freedom. But so I think burnout is a really important and valuable time to say, okay, whatever point I've reached, it's usually a product of our success. Anyway, it's usually that, wow, like you were saying, Michelle, so many things are working and going on. Mm-hmm. Then now I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, <laughs> totally. you can, now it's time for the next level, yeah. paring it down and looking at what's working and doing more of it and, and removing the editing out process of just removing stuff that's no longer a fit mm-hmm. um, is, is hard to do. There's this thing as well about burnout being very related to fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. So we're always on the go. We always want to keep making, producing. And, um, and if not, we're going to retreat and be in our own cocoon. So maybe instead of having this, so it's, it's more about being in tune uh, about whether we are in fight or flight or whether we are still in flowing. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that's been a challenge for me uh, for a lot of years. And uh, yeah, I'm slowly but surely learning to do that with, uh, through meditation. At least. Through meditation and he broke his collarbone. Oh, yeah. And in, uh... <laughs> <laughs> through that too, yeah. Yeah, and that was the first thing that he had. He has nine screws and a plate to keep his collarbone together and... For a couple months, he couldn't tie his shoes. Like it forced him to slow down. Here is a man who's just like has the fastest metabolism, was a boxer, like taking boxing classes, running around That's the funny. city, and yeah. it wasn't for him as well. It was a physical yeah. event that said, Err! 
yeah, we'll put the brakes on. Your body slows you down. It's very yeah. funny because still after that, three months later, I I felt that I had missed so much of, of life, of, you know, doing, mm -hmm. that I pushed myself so hard that I wrecked my back like yeah. two, two months after. So your body at some point is just giving you all these signals, <laughs> just like, slow down, what are you doing? <laughs> just, you know, be centered, see what's going on. And uh, funnily enough, um, another thing you mentioned, Jenny, is even when you decide to take a break, right, a week or two, you're like, all right, I'm going to allow myself to just chill a little bit. Your body is just so exhausted and you're not aware of it. And it takes you maybe a month or two and you start feeling all of this guilt. But then you realize that actually I just, you know, I, I, I made something, I created something, I put it out there. Uh, hopefully it was successful, but it's time to just, yeah. you know, just gather your thoughts and, and not even your thoughts, gather yourself and uh, be centered again and be ready for rebuild to be ready. Yeah. And we're in a culture in America, it's become more clear to me because Michelle's from Beirut, Lebanon, mm -hmm. and, and the French educated, so he has kind of French and Lebanese and some Armenian in there. Anyway, that uh, the American culture oh, values work and doing and hard work hustle. and capitalism and hustle. <laughs> and there's been so many books that come out, like hustle and flow, you know, all of this stuff. And um, he's often pointed out to me because it's kind of like the David Foster Wallace, uh, this is water story. Like a fish doesn't oh, know yeah. he's in water mm. or she. And, uh, I didn't even realize the extent to which we're part of a culture that values doing, and that does really does not value necessarily slowing down. I think we're seeing people demanding it now with more mindfulness and meditation kind of sweeping the nation and then yeah. becoming more mainstream. But it's uh, we're, I think we're in a culture where if you say you're slowing down or taking a break, people are like, okay, okay, that's nice, but um, when are you getting back to it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Seth Price. So Seth Price has a book called uh, Fuck Seth Price. And <laughs> uh, it's, it's well, really good. It's really worth watching. Must read that uh, well, while reading, Sounds yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, so he talks about four, um, four goals that artists have. Uh, first one is freedom. Second one is just this. this Every constant uh, production, production mode. Then there's the scene, right? Being part of a mm -hmm. scene. Being, it's it's a um, it's open for everyone, right? It's, uh, you you can enter. You could be a collector. You could be an artist, or you could be anyone. And it's open for everyone. So being part of the scene. And the fourth one is making money. So um, it really depends on the artist and what his goals are. Um, but um, I mean, you you could have all four, like Picasso. But at the same time, you could take a step back and choose what you really want. And it goes back to talking about priorities and why are you an artist? What are your goals? Um, is it to become a millionaire and, and make money out of commercializing your art? Or is it more of uh, finding your people and being part of a scene? For me, it's just freedom. And uh, I'll be hanging out with this one a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. What what your goals are? So that seems that seems pretty clear. Mm -hmm. Jenny, what is it? What is it for you? For me, it's freedom. Definitely, that that informs how I structure my business. But the goal of my art, if you could call it that, of my writing, my books, my speaking, is to be as helpful as possible to mm -hmm. as many people as possible. For me, it's about service. Mm -hmm. And I love, it's joyful for me. It's not like I'm some kind of martyr, like, totally. oh, my life is yeah. dedicated to others. But it's that if, when I am helping others and particularly one to many in that format, I feel the best. 
I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm just doing what I'm, what I was born to do. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have any attachment to specific financial figure necessarily, but just to feel comfortable and happy and healthy. And it's such a privilege to have the space to read for hours in the morning. I mean, I don't take that for granted that Mm -hmm. Michelle and I both work from home. We get to hang out with each other all day. We get to read and meditate and no one's telling us what to do. And it's not something that I take lightly. And I just, um, it's, it's been, I've I've been in business now for myself, six years of self-employment as of next week. And it's just, I work and I think I worked as hard as I did the first six years so that I could arrive at this point of having more space, more of a slow pace. And, um, but it still can be scary because as a, as an artist, as an entrepreneur to say, well, like, I don't know what's going to be your next project. Mm -hmm. How are you going to earn the next living? Can, do I have to hustle as hard as I did the first six years or can I somehow have abundance with ease and joy? And that's my new question is just how to create even more space, even more of a slow pace and still feel abundant in time Mm -hmm. and financial resources and and joy Mm -hmm. so that the work I do is soul work and, and that it's not coming from any sense of external pressure. And I know that's something so many artists grapple with and it's not an easy yeah thing to figure out like we could probably everyone would be doing it it's it's uh freedom of service yeah um so so one thing i've noticed that we both have is um yes money is important in the sense where it helps you you know follow your soul path yeah Mm -hmm. let's say your soul goal your soul goal whatever whatever freedom you need right uh and um yeah, it's just balancing it out in a way that you are you're more able to serve people. Yeah. For me, it's dialogue, I think, mm. if I think about mm. it. Freedom of dialogue, freedom of uh, idea development and uh, expression. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. Where does that dialogue happen? Right now, it's happening uh, in the artwork. Um, it really depends on it really depends on where you want to have your dialogue. You can just have a conversation with someone. You could dialogue with, you know, all of these, uh, all of these masters standing in a museum and looking at their old work because there's this visual language that you acquire as a, as a visual art, as a visual mm-hmm. artist. Um, but it really, de- it, it's not really tied into production per se. So it depends on you and, um, how you want to lead that expression. Cool. Yeah. I guess one thing I would like to dive into at least a little bit is the the delegation is the how to, you know working with a team if you do it all I just love to hear from both of you like what that looks like for you if anything for me delegation well, first of all it was the it's a skill it's a muscle that one builds and it it's so related to the burnout conversation because I just realized as I started to shift my first website was called Life After College that I set it up in 2005 it's ancient now in internet dog years. And in two, it, the book came out in 2011. In 2013, I just was ready to move on, set up a site under my own name, Jenny Blake.me. That a few years pivot came out 2016. And next thing I know, I'm running three web properties, two newsletters, like I have so much everywhere. And it, in 2013 was really when I started to delegate out of necessity. I was hitting a wall. I needed space. I needed some distance. And the 
I can't even call it a mistake because I was aware of it. But the real problem that I was having was that I was the bottleneck in my business. And when I needed a break, if I got sick, if I wanted vacation, if I just needed six months of creative incubation time, everything ground to a halt that my income was directly mm-hmm. tied to me being present to earn it. And that was so stressful. And I just, as I looked to the next 60 years of working this way, I was like, I can't, that's not smart. Like I'm going to need the space, just even the luxury of creative space. But also what if something happens? What if uh, something really knocks me on my ass or I get hit by a car? Like it's not smart to have a business that solely depends on my ability to show up for Mm -hmm. it. And so that's when I really started to say, how can I delegate in a way that I didn't have a lot of money at that time? It doesn't have to mean and nor did I want to have a Kunzian business where I have 100 employees <laughs> or a googly business like mm-hmm. where I came from. Mm-hmm. I looked at those large businesses and that did not fit my value of freedom mm-hmm. either. I don't want to. I really didn't want to expand into some like mega consulting monolith that I had all these employees and an office. And I know people who started at the same time of me who have seven or eight figure businesses with 30 employees. And I just That didn't excite me. I love being location independent and I love um, being relatively solo in my solopreneurship. So when I finally first brought on a VA to just help with personal tasks, and I think, I know, I mean, Michelle and I talk about this too, like he he doesn't want to be thinking about the details of bill paying and Mm. uh, neither do I, even though I'm actually, I think I'd make in a, in a parallel career, like a great executive assistant because I love organizing things. (laughs) Um, It's not the best use of my time. And those little things add up and they start to impinge on the ability to really think big and expansively. So when I first hired a VA, it was $200 a month. And even when I got so low that I like, couldn't afford to go out to eat dinner anymore. I was willing to still pay for yoga classes and still pay for my VA. So for anyone who they're like, oh, it's I can't afford it. I once I was two weeks in, I was like, oh my god, I can't afford not to. Mm-hmm. And it it just freed up so much time. Things like moving logistics, travel research, scheduling, online purchases, bill paying, negotiating bills. It took so much off my plate. And then by the time that I brought someone on to help on the business stuff, and again, part-time and remote, so we don't work in the same place. Again, it could really free me up. And and Marisol is the one on my team who, she's amazing to work with. We've been working together for years now, have such a rapport. So Things like she'll draft a newsletter based on links that I've saved and I just have to go in and write the blurb of what's going on in my life and hit send. It's still my content. It's still my curation. It's still my voice, Mm -hmm. but I'm not doing all the 10 logistical steps that lead up to it. And that's a very small example, but even I just created a delegation ninja course. So it's because I am so passionate about helping people free up their time so they can do what they really love. And even if that's your time so you don't have to work as much mm-hmm. spend time with your family mm-hmm. i think we're all inundated like i don't know about either of you but mm-hmm. i like i'm i wrote this in an article draft the other day of like peak ping too many pings like facebook text yeah, messages yeah. linkedin yeah. my yeah. inbox i cannot keep up like yeah. i'm maxed out yeah and so for me, the only way to solve that and scale ourselves and free up our brain space is, is to learn the skill of delegation Also, you'd be, and dropping stuff. You'd be surprised. Yeah, you'd be surprised that 
um, I mean, I haven't checked my mail for, this is very <laughs> funny, but I, I was going through an experiment. We just came back from Amsterdam and I didn't want to check my phone or my email. Mm-hmm. And a week went by and nothing happened. You know, I looked back at my email. I had, you know, triple the amount that you yeah. usually have. And you never really have uh, a crisis. It's never really a crisis. And um, it's so interesting that, you know, you have Marisol skim through your emails sometimes and answer when, when you want more free time. Uh, but for me, I just really realized that uh, if you take a step back and you, you stop checking Facebook and, you ch- and Instagram and Twitter, realize that all of these things compared to all of the epiphanies or all of the thoughts or all of, you know, the freedom you have uh, being alone or without all of these technologies is so valuable. Um, just going back to that delegation, uh, I was running a design business in, uh, for seven years before I closed shop. And I did that because of Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week. <laughs> and uh, I was doing voiceovers in parallel back then, but I hadn't developed it that much. And um, being the ghost in the machine, I had a VA for a little bit, but decided not to even venture there. Um, and just built the website, uh, reached out to uh, different, ad, uh, different ad agencies and, and production houses. And just slowly but surely developed the side hustle, uh, which allowed me to bounce around the world and, and do my art and venture, be free, right? This, this whole idea of the new rich is, you know, you have the time, you have the space, uh, you're free to do whatever you want practically uh, while, you know, making money on the side. And yeah, just got me here. Uh, I love it. Yeah. And, I mean, even delegation so we we call we, michelle and i live together in my studio where we're recording now in new york and we call it the household um <laughs> there was a week where the laundry like we were ready to do laundry and we put it by the door and it just stayed there for days and days and i'm like there has to be a better oh, yeah. way so so next thing i know i called the, the laundry the dry cleaning shop and it's like oh it turns out they pick up for free mm. do the laundry same day and drop off for free yeah. and i know not everyone lives in new york but that was an epiphany for me because mm-hmm. here was this thing that really neither of us wanted to do. It's a couple hours of the day that we could be doing something else. Arguably, like anything we would do would be more important than yeah. laundry necessarily, yeah. even though it's necessary. And now I'm so happy to know that, okay, we solved that in a way that is creative and, and helps us both rather than even haggling over like, not that we ever did, but who's going to do the laundry? Why haven't we done the laundry? When are we? But even- Just so much friction gone. By figuring out how to help ourselves. And, <laughs> and, and it got automated even more because <laughs> instead of it being, you know, a one-time thing, so every instead of calling the laundry and, and have them pick it up, now it's automated in the calendar yeah. once every two weeks. We don't even have to think about that. Yeah. And uh, th- there's a very fun fun exercise that, that that you have already embedded in you, which is as soon as you think about something, Better do it now rather than do it later, so you don't have to even think about it twice. Mm-hmm. So uh, even with the with the laundry exercise, it's it's looking at it, you know, in many steps over. So like after the laundry, what's going to happen? We're going to have to do the laundry again in a couple of weeks. So how can we automate uh, e- automate even that? So it's all you know, you're, you're completely independent from it. You're free from it. Yeah, yeah that's like what what you said is just getting it. Even if you're not going to do it that moment. 
there's some system, so much of delegation and artists as CEO is creating systems to free up yourself. So even if something runs out in the kitchen, the minute it runs out, I add it to my Amazon cart. That's a very simple thing, but it means that I don't have to think about, oh, I keep forgetting to go buy toothpaste. It's Mm -hmm. just added the minute it's running out. And those things are important. And I think sometimes, well, at least there's a stereotype that artists or creatives Mm -hmm. can't be bothered with the details. But if you can just say, hey, none of us really want to (laughs) be overly concerned with all Mm -hmm. of that. So what is a small system or small um, kind of habit stacking that you can create so that you, you don't have to think about it anymore? And going back to the social media thing for one second, I, it took me three years of, of conceptualizing Pivot, writing it, editing it, marketing it from start to finish. And first of all, I was single during that time. <laughs> <laughs> and then secondly, uh, I, think, I don't think it would have been possible if I had been trying to keep up with or quote, be good at social media. Mm. I am not good at social media. I haven't checked LinkedIn messages in ages. If you're trying to reach me that way, please email me instead. <laughs> I don't post on Instagram, which I probably should. I don't. Twitter is mostly articles I'm reading, but I'm not necessarily engaging in back and forth conversation very much. And I sometimes feel bad about these things. But I remember thinking while I was working on Pivot, there is no way. There is no way that I could be doing that deep work if I had been worrying about social media. And now the the flip is um, we spend so much quality time together and it's not really worth it to me if if we could spend an hour together in the morning. I'm going to do that instead of feeling forced, like post or keep up with social mm-hmm. media, which is really never ending and doesn't necessarily contribute directly to my goal mm-hmm. of, of deep, thoughtful, original content that's very helpful for people. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't make the cut, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I love this conversation. I feel like it's where a lot of people are of just reaching the max. Okay. What's important? All right, people are important. Like yeah. my art is important. Time to read and mm-hmm. think is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and and how to, can we create more of that space? Well, it might be mean. It might mean being systematic, more like a CEO than like an artist, so you can have time to be mm-hmm. the artist. Or yeah, build your system so you don't have to even think about it anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. automate whatever you can. Automate everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also we we were having a conversation with a friend yesterday about vanity metrics. She had been working with her coach and and she also runs an online business. And man, that is such a good reminder for all of us, especially if when you have the CEO hat on, what are the metrics that matter most? And then what are vanity metrics? Like, does it really matter how many Twitter followers you have or, or how many times you've posted on Instagram? Or is it, what are the metrics that matter for someone who is trying to build? My friend Dan is kills it on Instagram. It's his Dan the core the part of his business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, he it is fundamental to his business, and he loves it. He's a photographer. He right. takes beautiful photos. He now does sponsored posts every now and then. He's starting a photography headshot automated business on the side. It's amazing what he's doing for Dan. Instagram makes sense mm-hmm. for me. I'm I want to be present i don't mm-hmm. want to be mm-hmm. taking photos in the middle of an experience and then uploading it and writing a. I just 
like we're so bad, Michelle and I. We have, I think, one photo of us shared on Facebook from a year of being together. Yeah, I think where so. we're both in it, maybe yeah. two. It's a, it's a, and, a by, and by mistake, probably. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like we um, we got other clear. things to do. We've got yeah, we're like good. in the relationship, not posting about it. Right. Yeah. And uh, so we have to remember to even send our families photos. Like it really does exist. I promise. You know. Um, cool. Got to yeah. automate that then. that's another thing it's been awesome to talk to you both i'd love to just wrap up to see with for each of you like if you've got something that you feel like is your artist happening next like what's what's exciting to your artist right now and then what's exciting to your ceo if if there's something coming up that's such a great question. <laughs> you first. You first. <laughs> um, so, okay, I could start. Um, so I've been piloting many projects on the side um, to see what works, to see, to see what works for the market and what works for me. Um, one, of, one of the pilots is called 1.psd. And it's directly related related to my my practice, and it's this one Photoshop file, and uh, it helps me tap into a mindful state of creation where mm. the file keeps evolving. It's just one file, so it doesn't have to be you know a million clutter your computer or um, usually when I work on many many paintings or many pieces, it kind of renders me ADD, and it's great to find connections between things, but I found a system where I could be present, create this work, um, upload snippets of where I'm at at a specific moment where I like the work, put it on Tumblr, and I'm trying to automate that so that it could be a shop. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily um, you know, a fine art gallery type of painting or, or art, but it reaches out people. Uh, reaches out uh, to, reaches out to people, gets the work out there, and allows them to maybe acquire a smaller piece, or you know, it allows me to be present in their lives at the same time. So that's what I'm mostly interested about. Cool. Uh, but in the meantime, as you can see, there are piles of books. So there's a lot of research being made about uh, uh, contemporary art and my next show. So that's how I'm thinking about it in terms of CEO, in terms of artist. I can't wait to make the work, and it really depends on how it comes out of me. Uh, and I'm, for once, giving me, giving myself the time to have the work mature and slowly but surely come together. Perfect. So, yeah. Thank you. I love it. Great answers. Oh, thank you. I'm excited about his PSD as a Society6 shop because that's kind of the hybrid in yeah. between artist and CEO and my favorite piece there so oh yeah he at least let me upload with this one piece. yeah yeah <laughs> i keep being like more give me more yeah. to upload but i got to upload my favorite mm-hmm. one so i'm gonna add something else yeah. it's um automation and art creation is was very tough for me to it was very tough to wrap my my head around because there's the sense of you know every you want every single decision to be made then and there and there's something about you know, choosing frames that might work for you and choosing, mm. you know, mediums that you want to work in and have these systems to art, to art making that I wasn't very on board with. Um, but I realized that it, that it liberated my thought process so that um, this is what I'm experimenting with more. But uh, if you can make these CEO decisions, let's say, of, of left brain, let's get it organized, 
while having the artist be okay with it. Like, mm-hmm. I like these frames. I like mm-hmm. how the system works. Uh, this yeah. freed my artist side to be more creative, um, have more access to research and give myself more time to explore all these venues that I wouldn't be able to usually. Love it. Love it. How about you? My, my artist side, well, it's very interesting to even use the word artist mm-hmm. for me because I barely call myself a writer because writing is so challenging for me. I'm more of a, I really enjoy the speaking, podcasting. But to get to know Michelle and his, his work better, I, and my dad's a painter and an architect, mm-hmm. I've been down the rabbit hole of reading art books. And we, I think Michelle and I counted, we have 800 books in this studio apartment, Ooh. which is uh, pretty crazy. So for any curious minds out there who feel like you know nothing about the art world but want to, I've been really enjoying. I read The $12 Million Stuffed Shark, Seven Days in the Art World. The value of art was fantastic. Uh, how to See was really great. And then there's the one more that I particularly wanted to say, but it will come to me. So I've I've been really I've been reading a Duchamp biography. Like there's so much richness in this world, and and I was wondering what is I've read probably 15 books now on art and artists and how to look at art and think about it. And at first it seemed like just kind of a personal diversion, let's call it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it didn't have to do with the the main part of my work. But on the other hand, it has really opened me up to the mindset of different artists. Oh, what are you looking at? That's the last one that I really like. Um, the mindset of different mm-hmm. artists, how, how the, the names that we are familiar with, Picasso, uh, Cezanne, Matisse, these guys each innovated on the body of work that had come before them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. seeing how differently different artists work, how much freedom there is. I mean, even because I'm in the business and career space, I realize it's kind of opened my eyes to how much I'm trying to fit some norms around being mm-hmm. helpful mm-hmm. and having processes. Mm-hmm. And what would it look like to bust out of that even further? And it's given me a little more encouragement to have my next thing, which you asked about, Carrie, just really come from the heart and mm-hmm. soul. And what would I do? And I wrote these questions down. But what would I do if I didn't have to earn a dime from it? And or what would I do if I didn't? care what anyone thought if Mm -hmm. if no one was going to judge me Mm -hmm. if it didn't have to be i don't know you know just these questions that i think very subtly affect uh, what i work on or what i think i should work on Mm -hmm. so i'm excited to just keep exploring that um i keep opening up what it means to to wear an artist hat in a sense (laughs) and uh, how can you be as true to yourself as as possible yeah even like working with my hands maybe i will go take a ceramics class or Mm -hmm. i asked michelle to print one of his pieces on ceramics so i could like break it and then make Mm -hmm. a mosaic Mm -hmm. okay great i mean julian schnabel this is she's a fan of his technique i mean i I just it sounded fun you saw that it sounded like something i i could have fun with my yeah. hand, doing with my hands, yeah. whereas I don't see myself as a painter or really a visual artist at all. Mm-hmm. I barely can see in visuals at all. I'm so much more of a words person. And then CEO wise, I'm really, I am really having a blast with the Delegation Ninja class, and I think that was fun because it just came to me in a, in a flash, and I purposefully built and launched it quickly so I didn't have too long to mull over it and mm-hmm. my uh, perfectionist get in the way. So that was really fun. And then I'm excited to just let pivot 
pivot engine continue to unfold, whether it's the podcast and even at that, I've been slower than I was previously. But um, the best part about launching some a creative project like a book is the the, the serendipity that, mm-hmm. that follows. Of I have no clue on any given day. I have no clue who's going to reach out or find it or what opportunities will come. So on the CEO side, I'm excited. Just keep following the threads and where there's the most energy to keep developing the business side of things. Um, Got to say something. Yeah. So um, you were talking about art and how, you know, you like to work with your hands, but your medium, maybe your, me- <laughs> but, but, but yeah. your medium is already there. It's words and communication yeah. and speaking and, and speaking. So communication is your medium. Uh, we were talking yesterday about, you know, the label artist and, um, you know, you could tie it to anyone can be an artist, you know, whoever, whoever's really immersed in whatever they're doing uh, can be called an artist because it's just a question of a medium or, you know, artist as this, this, you know, the, the, the term, the question, what is art is so diluted now and it has so many answers that you, you can't really put your finger on one of them. But just going back to what I was saying, words are your medium. Uh, and the way you wrote Delegation Ninja really came out of flow. Yeah. So you are immersed in all of these books. You know your, you know, you know your world very well. And um, in, in your case, I think the artist and the CEO are so enmeshed together because it's your craft. Being a CEO and yeah. a solopreneur is your craft. Yeah. So... Just wanted to add my two cents on that thing. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, and I feel like even that, the course sounds so nuts and bolts and sounds so like, we call it like the 3D world of humanity. It's not necessarily some spiritual elevation to help you transcend. However, the thing that got me so juiced about it was, well, what if a hundred artists are taking this class? Like how much, how, how much art it would help, um, people to create in the world or whatever their art is or whatever their creative projects, whatever makes their heart sing that, um, sure. I can be of service in this way to free everybody yeah. up, all of us up to do the work we really care about. Your catalyst. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you both so much. This was a wonderful conversation. Yeah, thank Thanks you. Carrie for yeah. having us yeah. and everyone for listening. This is so fun. It's the first one we've ever done mm-hmm. together. So yeah, thank you. Awesome. Do you want to stress less and earn more? What is your time worth? And are you happy with how you're spending it? Transform frantic into freedom with Jenny Blake's new eight-week course, Delegation Ninja. Learn more and enroll now at pivotmethod.com slash delegate. Mention this podcast after you enroll and get $25 off the Delegation Ninja course or your first quarter in momentum. This ad has been delegated by Jenny Blake. so much for listening to this episode of the pivot podcast make sure you don't miss an episode or my insider tips and templates by signing up for pivot list a curated twice monthly newsletter where i share the inside scoop on what i'm reading watching listening to and the latest tools i'm geeking out on sign up at pivotmethod.com slash pivot list get show notes from this episode at pivotmethod.com slash podcast and connect with me on twitter at jenny underscore blake Remember, 
Build first, then your courage will follow. Hasn't it always?